from Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning. Focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Uh, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we're glad to welcome in by phone our good friend, Lourdes Ramirez, uh, from the Sacramento Life Center. Good day to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. Um, You're a familiar face here at the Pastoral Center. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I miss all of you. <laughs> yes, well, we miss we miss you too. But uh, I know you're doing gr- great work over there. You're doing the Lord's work as well. Um, tell us. Uh, I mean, it's the 50th anniversary. Is it? Is it celebration every day there? It is. It really is. We have been celebrating all year long with so many different events, um, right. starting since March, which was our our anniversary during that time, and we're going to take it all the way into December. Um, so we still have some several events still going on um, that's taking us really um, to the end of this year. Just It's it's such a big thing that um, we are celebrating 50 years. I had the a great privilege of, um, they, early on, they put a documentary on um, just to be able to meet with some of our founding members, and I got to see Father John Healy interviewed and Richard and Connie Copas, actually were our founding members back in 1972, and listening to them and what they put together 50 years ago and how this was just a, really, as, as we would say, it was just a just an infant at the time with a call center, um, they were really just meeting the needs of these pretty struggling mothers. And, and now what we've come to 50 years later, I just feel such a great responsibility to really carry that torch forward. No, oh, that's a wonderful sentiment. I, we've had the great pleasure of interviewing a lot of those people uh, during this 50th anniversary. And I, I think maybe it was Richard who said, um, well, the first dinner, <laughs> the first uh, uh, annual dinner was a spaghetti feed in somebody's backyard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. Oh. And, and they didn't know at the time that it was going to be an annual either. You know, they, it was just a, a, a gathering, and then it, uh, it gradually became what it is today, which is six, seven, eight hundred people all gathered. Absolutely, yes. Un, un, an unbelievable uh, event. It was sort of the highlight of the fall calendar in this area. It is, and, it is our highlight event. This yeah. year it'll be November 5th at the Hyatt Regency Ballroom. Um, we th- we're going to have a champagne hour because we're celebrating 50 years, and so that's that's going to be very exciting. And then um, we'll go into our, our dinner and our program and our live auction, and it's just a really wonderful event. Um, again, it's an annual event, but I think it's going to be times 10 because we're times 100 because it's going to be our 50 years. And, and the theme of it is ready to do more. I think, again, spiraling back to those founding members, when we saw what they were doing, we realized that they were just, they were planting the seeds of something early on, and we've got to really take that and go with it and make sure that we're around 50 years later here. So um, it's just, we're really excited for this event. Yeah, you know, you, you think about it, there, there are people walking around today, we may even know some of them, uh, yes. who were babies that were born 50 years ago because of the work of the Life Center. Yes, yes. We, we like to think that our first babies are grandmothers now, when you yeah. really think about it. You it's, know? it's just and amazing. So that's wonderful, yes, yes. You know, they, they did put this um, small documentary uh, we did early on, and listening to Father John Healy saying that when they, it was like, 19, he was saying 1968, they were sitting there, um, probably like a Catholic social service group, um, listening and thinking about the needs, they realized that they were getting a lot of questions from these young mothers and struggling families, and they put together this call center, and now we are here a fully accredited uh, licensed medical clinic. And and so when I talked to him about that, he said that he was just floored, that he, he felt humbled not to, he didn't feel like he should take the credit and I said, you don't understand what you did back then was just planting those seeds. And, and every member, every executive director, every person like, like Monsignor Kavanaugh and Father Kiernan have all taken this forward up until Marie Leatherby. And here we are 
again, this fully accredited center. And, and again, the clinic is 100% free to all of our clients here. Whatever services they're needing, they're coming in and we're helping them. And so all of these events technically for our donors, it's because these donors are giving back to make sure that we are staying here in Sacramento as a service to these to these young families, to these young struggling mothers. Yeah, it's, it's not just free to those who can't afford it and have to fill out paperwork and prove that they can't afford it and et cetera, et cetera. It's just free. It is. Yeah, no questions asked. Oh, one of the most amazing things since I started started back there in February was who the clients were. Mm -hmm. I expected it to be, you know, maybe young, teenage, pregnant, young women, but I think I was more surprised that I saw young struggling families, maybe already with one or two children, Mm -hmm. and find themselves, you know, with the economy, with situations as it is, finding themselves in really just a struggling situation, and here we were there to help them with with whatever needs that that they needed. You know, they find themselves pregnant. They find themselves having another one, and, and they're struggling. And here we are just trying to provide a service to these, to these young families. Yeah, I said that to somebody the other day who maybe a little bit believes some of the nonsense people say. You, you, know, that, you know, I think it was Elizabeth Warren, and I don't want to get political, <laughs> but said that you know, the pregnancy centers should all be put out of business, should be banned. Oh. You know, not, not put out of business, literally banned, you know, like like we don't have free speech anymore in this country. And, and, and of course, we do have and we should have. And it, and it tells me that, sh- that people that have that opinion are just, t- yeah, they're on a, the other side of the issue. But they are tr- they're tremendously misinformed about what you folks do. Absolutely. I, you know, um, again, I, I get to come outside and meet some of the clients. And, and one time the, um, I got to meet these two young girls who um, she was there because she, listen, she was not a mother. Uh, her friend was in the hospital with preeclampsia mm-hmm. and had delivered. And she found herself now taking care of a newborn infant. And it was another young uh, client that we had. Um, bringing her here, like, oh, the Sacramento Life Center is here for you. They're going to help you in every need. So we were providing her with everything that she's needing, and then we were even outsourcing to the Gabriel Project and other um, resources that we had to be able to make sure she got her crib, everything she's needed. Because here's a young girl who's finding herself that she's a parent and, and getting everything that she needs. I kind of wonder, like, people must be really out of touch of what, what are the people who are walking into pregnancy centers are needing um, some of the basic things that we maybe we take for granted, you know, looking even at, um, we got to meet with Jesuit high school kids last week, and they're doing a big diaper drive for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Diaper banks all over the country are one of the hugest things because those are such expensive needs. And when yep. you think of families and parents needing to provide gas, get to work, lunches for their kids, and then you've got diapers, and diapers is a big cost, and it may not seem like a big cost, but it is for these young, struggling families. And to be able to come in each month for the next two years and to be able to get diapers, to get wipes, to get formula, these are things that we're providing on a daily basis. So when people are saying close pregnancy centers, it's just in disbelief that they're not really connecting with the people in the community. Yeah, you know, the person I was talking to, and they weren't hostile, but they were just you know, sort of uninformed on this. I said, okay, no matter where you are on the abortion spectrum or whatever Absolutely. you want to call it in, on the debate, um, give me a good reason why it's wrong to give a family two years' worth of diapers. Give me a good reason that there's something bad in that. You yeah. know, like, yeah. like... To, or to give them a formula or to find them a doctor, people that don't have a – give me a good reason why that – especially if you believe in choice. Boy, these are people that are providing choice. A, a, they, they are a, provi- a, provi- we're providing multiple choices. Exactly. You know, and I, I think one of the things that we did this year that I'm, I'm so proud of is that we, we have a, a new scholarship program um, named after um, – Connie Copeland and Diane Anderson. And this year, this one spoke to my heart. I sat in the office with Marie. I think I was in tears because this one was very close to me as I was a young mother 
who no longer could honestly finish my schooling because here I had three young children to pay childcare, to pay certain things. It just wasn't in the budget for me. And yet that's what this scholarship was about. It was to be able to put back into these hands of struggling families living paycheck to paycheck to be able to finish some of their schooling. That makes a difference in someone's life so huge. At, at this point, there were, years later, we're going to be able to see these beautiful benefits of this scholarship. And we had so many applicants that when the time came to finally give to these applicants, I think everybody ended up getting something. And that's, oh, that's, that's wonderful. the beauty of the Sacramento Life Center is that we have been so blessed for the last 50 years with the most amazing donors here in Sacramento. I mean, they have um, made us such a very viable and strong center that we are being able to provide daily and now even more with the scholarship to these young families to be able to make a difference in their lives. These are families who want their children, who want to be good parents and good mothers to their children, and we want to be able to support them along the way. So, I, again, I think a lot of people are misinformed of, how important in a community pregnancy centers are. Oh, yeah. And well, Melinda Hindenberger from the B, uh, when she did her piece, uh, oh, what, a month or so ago, a month and a half ago, um, she noted that, you know, she noted that uh, these are, you're, you're a great resource in the community, providing a service that nobody else is providing, and it's no, a necessary it's service. No, <laughs> you know, my, my friends that, that, said when i said about the diapers what give me a give me toss me a reason why that's a bad thing and she said well there's strings attached and i said well these diapers don't have strings (laughs) they're disposable they don't have strings (laughs) no no not at all again another piece of it is is when i'm speaking to these young girls you know usually i'm working on the other side i'm working on the administrative side Mm -hmm. so again occasionally i get to walk over to the clinic and if i if a client comes and 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 warms up to me i'm kind of speaking with them well how did you hear about this and where did you hear i think one of the biggest things they're always telling me is that this is where i feel unjudged where Mm -hmm. no one's making a judgment on me that i can come here and there are no strings attached i'm receiving services and no one is asking me to sign or or meet with certain there's no criteria to getting any service from us you are getting it once you walk through that door and there's we're we're actually asking permission to what services do you want from us Mm -hmm. and here are all your choices what service would you like us to provide for you so again I think more and more that I meet these young girls and again not young girls but maybe just young families they are feeling that this is a place that they can go to and not feel that judgment. You know, I'm 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 certain uh, b- because of uh, things like uh, Lila Rose and 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 you know the undercover of things that, and I know people yeah. have different opinions about that, but but yeah. regardless, I'm certain that people have tried to do that with you folks, uh, you or with with pregnancy centers in general gone undercover and posed as a, a woman in need and and tr- tried to get the dirt on you as a if you will and huh? and yeah, i've huh? never once seen a video or anybody say aha this is what they're really doing they tie you down they baptize you they force you, you know, they, they, they do all these horrible things to you nobody has ever come out and, and i'm sure they've tried because they they go in there and they they gotta come come back to wherever they're going and say, they were the nicest people in the world. They didn't try to convince me of anything, and they really would have if if I was in need. They really helped me. Absolutely, I think Marie said early on that did happen a lot, but that that must have came and went so quickly because I don't think that there was anything they were able to provide. No. what could what could they have found? There, there is just no. there's nothing there. No, there really isn't. All that they found was services. Services, services yeah. to get on insurance, services to be able to find work, services to be able to get all of these resources in the community. I mean, we're connecting them. You know, I think another surprising thing when I first started is that Cover California loves us because here's the thing. These are women who ultimately probably are going to choose to have this child, and some of them end up in the hospital on the delivery date. Sure the first time that they see a doctor. 
right. during this pregnancy. So Cover California was like, no, absolutely not. We need you because we need these women to receive this service long before they're, when they're finally delivering. And so here we are providing all of these things and providing even more, again, with the diapers, the resources that they possibly need to even raise their, raise their life and raise their situation. So again, I think that the more people find what pregnancy centers are doing, and I'm not saying that they're all alike, but I know that for as far as the Sacramento Life Center and most of the pregnancy centers I know here in Sacramento, they are providing a service for you and a service to your community. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and so many people have trouble with red tape or jumping through hoops. How do I get on CalFresh? How do I get on... On, on, you know, covered California. How do I yeah. find a doctor? Um, how do I, you know, all these things, it's just too much for some people, especially people that might, might be in a bit of a, a crisis or people who are poor and, or maybe they don't speak the language. And you guys are a one-stop one, one shop. We are the one-stop shop, absolutely. Here you are getting, you know, your pregnancy test. You're getting women's health um, checks. You're getting STD tests and treatment. You get that OBGYN, uh, you know, referrals. You get parenting classes. You know, you're getting one-on-one -on -one education. You know, another woman that I met um, this last year was a, was a woman who actually went to a pregnancy center um, not ours but she went to another one and she came and she said can i can i do the baby bottle drive with mm. my within my own family she she ended up raising us i think two thousand dollars wow. in works at pg e and got the even got it mapped by pg e for us so her whole family alone raised almost four thousand dollars in a baby bottle drive for us but the one thing she said is that i went to a pregnancy center and she says and i knew i was going to have my child but I was struggling in a marriage, and I, I was having a very hard time, and I knew this marriage was not going to last, and I found myself in just a horrible situation. She said that she went to this pregnancy center every single month for almost two years just to sit and have someone to speak to, wow. to have someone counsel her through this. Here she is, this beautiful loving and strong family years later and, and, and Sacramento Life benefits from her and her family. Here she is um, paying it forward back to us um, about what she received back then. And again, a lot of it was just, can I have someone there to help me along mm -hmm. the way? Because, because life's hard. Life's hard. Yep. And we find ourselves in so many difficult situations, even those of us who... Um, you know, we feel like we've got it together financially and everything, and then all of a sudden the pregnancy comes and you find yourself not sure if everything is together, but maybe you just want someone to be there along the way with you. And that's where the Sacramento Life Center is going to be with you. And whatever, whatever you need to sit and speak about, maybe you're just worried about not being a good parent and you just need to have those parenting classes. Some of the big purchase items like strollers, car seats, are free once you take education classes, mm -hmm. the parenting education classes with us. So these, again, are... All just the multiple ways that the Sacramento Life Center keeps providing into the community. Yeah, and you know, it's it's uh, as Bishop Soto says, uh, you know, accompanying women in need. Um, yeah. just somebody there to accompany them. I mean, it must be such a relief to to hear a friendly voice and a non-judgmental voice, and and somebody's not shaking their finger at them and say, "Well, how'd you get into this position?" That's you right. know. Um, uh, just it, it must be so heartening and um it's just it's just wonderful stuff well a lot of things happening uh i know that uh, you had a, an event on september 10 and it's going to be the the memorial garden that's going to be an annual event this is we're going to make this an annual event um so this is was a memorial it's, it's going to help us recognize and honor the lives lost to um, miscarriages stillbirth and abortions we do realize and and I've experienced it. I've had a death in my family. Nothing shakes faith like a death in the family, mm -hmm. and, and, and it really does. And, and, and more so when you found yourself with a miscarriage and possibly an abortion, um, This we want to be able to give a woman, you know, a moment to be able to, to grieve and to be able to heal through that, too. So, so we partnered again with Sierra Pregnancy and Health, and with the Sacramento Life Center, and we want to make this an annual event to be able to give women a moment to be able to 
have a memorial for their unborn child. And so um, we have this on Saturday, September 10th, and we hope to do this every year to be able to, to just take a moment to honor those, those infants that we lost here at the Sacramento Life Center and those at Sierra Pregnancy and Health and be able to have women also and men to be able to come and have a moment. It's a beautiful memorial garden um, there in, on uh, Verner Avenue in Sacramento and just be able to, they, they've created this beautiful garden where you can actually memorialize your unborn child. And so that's exactly what the event was. And so we just hope that annually we'll be able to do this. Very, very good. And then a massive Thanksgiving coming up on the 15th of September. Yes, yes. We can't go 50 years more without stopping to give thanks to God. Yes. And so, yeah. absolutely, we're having we're having a beautiful massive Thanksgiving at St. Clair's Catholic Church in Roseville at 6 p.m. on Thursday, September 15th. We hope that people will be able to come on out and just really give thanks um you know, to God for, for all that we've been able to do these last 50 years, and then really um, stop and give thanks for the people and events that really kind of helped shape us, you know, and led our organization for these last 50 years. But we also want to pray for a new generation to continue to pave the way into the future. So we're doing a lot of work to be able to reach out to youth and young adults and young families to be able to know about the Life Center, know exactly what's happening on at our pregnancy center, and to be able to think about us in the future when it comes time for them to be able to have maybe an extra $25 in their bank account and think that maybe this is a good charity to be able to give to. So, so again, we're, we're, we're just going to really stop and pray and, and give up things for the past and really hope for the future. Again, that's uh, 6 p.m. Thursday, September 15, St. Clara at 1950 Junction Boulevard in Roseville. Uh, yes. uh, and then uh, the big event... Uh, November the 5th, a Saturday evening. Uh, tell us a little bit about, if, if you still have needs, tickets still available, etc. Tickets are going fast. And I know that seems so cliche, but it is very true. I think we're getting bundles and bundles of mail and online uh, ticket sales here and table sales. So, so yes, if you were to go to sacklifegala.com, you'll be able to purchase your tickets or purchase a whole table. Again, the, um, we're having a beautiful cocktail hour where it's going to be champagne to be able to celebrate our 50 years at 5 p.m. and then with dinner starting at 6.30 with our program and live auction. Again, this is going to be November 5th at the Hyatt Regency. We have all sorts of amazing raffle packages that will be going on. Um, so we just want people to be able to come on out and celebrate. This one's going to be... Just such an amazing event, again, because we're celebrating 50 years, so we're going big, and there's just a lot more raffle prizes, a lot more auction items this year that's going to be happening. Um, but, again, you're able to purchase a whole table, so you can have a whole table. Or I've, I've had phone calls from parishes saying that, you know, we're, we're putting it for our table. Please reserve a table for this particular parish, and we're coming together as a parish. We're coming together as a group, a respect life group. So really just to get in there at stacklifegala.com and, and register for this wonderful event. Do you have uh, more needs still for raffle prizes and uh, uh, auction prizes and things like that? We always have a need because the raffle prizes just get bigger and bigger and bigger. What we do is we bundle a lot of things. And so, um, again, we if, if – there, you know, no little is too little for us. So, so we're making sure that everything gets, uh, we just be able to use any type of donation that we have and we put it together and we either bundle it with another item or we put it together. But yes, we're looking for all sorts of uh, raffle packages or donation items. Very good. Well, it's an exciting time. Any Anything uh, planned at this point beyond November 5th? Yeah, we are. So, so a couple of things, too, that I would love to say is that, again, we're, we're really trying to reach out to um, to the youth and young adults. And we just wanted to give a really great shout-out for um, Jesuit High School that came, and Crystal Ray that came to our um, – we had a, a festival this year. It was an outreach event that we had for young families. We, wanna, we want more young families just to know where we are and to know our location so that, you know, one – if they ever need our services, but two, for also to know um, if, if they ever find someone in need. And so, and so to be able to know where we are is kind of a, a, an important thing to us. And to come in and take a tour of the, uh, the life.
to give a lot of tours, but Jesuit High School Cristo Rey students came out and volunteered for us. And then we were also back at Jesuit High School for their service and justice there. Mm-hmm. And so, again, we're just really appreciative that these young kids are coming out and supporting us because this is a whole new generation, and we really want to keep making those connections of um, the service that they can provide for us because if they help provide services for us, again, that's, that's really trickling down to the clients that we are servicing, again, at no cost. And so, um, and with that said, I think Jesuit's going to have a, a diaper drive for us, but we're also, when we say looking here, um, we will have our baby basket drive on December 1st. And so that's an annual thing that we do every year. We, again, give baskets. If you were to walk into the Sacramento Life Center today, you'll see all these baskets that are ready with names on it because of people calling, coming back to get, we, we provide these baskets for two years, up until the, the child is 24 months, again, with diapers and formulas and new clothes. And so we will be having our baby basket drive on December 1st. Very good. Very good. Wow. What, what, <laughs> what exciting 50 years. It has been. It has been. I can tell you that um, working here at the Life Center, it's. Uh, I did not realize that this is the direction I would go, and it was. It was actually a surprise to me as as, as I was sitting back thinking, like, okay, I'm gonna really get back into this workforce again after I. I, I as Bob knows, I left the diocese, for, and so when I came back, I thought oh, I'll go work somewhere, you know, do, do something nonprofit. And, and sure enough, this was in front of me, and I've been having just this wonderful experience here at the Sacramento Life Center with the people that I meet, with the clients that I meet every day. It's a really rewarding experience to be able to meet um, families every day, to meet the volunteers every day and see how many people are servicing the community. It has you have a beautiful outlook on life um, as, as there's a lot of problems in the world I think I come home with a smile every day knowing that we're doing some good well uh, I can't think of a better person to be there they're lucky to have you oh thank you Bob <laughs> so God bless you and your family and your work there and uh, you're you're in the vineyard doing the Lord's work so we, we will uh, Keep keep all of you there in in and all your clients uh, in our prayers and all those young kids <laughs> and yes, and yes, uh, yes. Uh, thank you and we know it'll be another gangbuster uh, uh, event on November the fifth. Yes, thank you, thank you. And well, if students want to volunteer, we also have an email for them. It's a student volunteer at sacklife.com. So if students uh, want to volunteer, they can always reach us there. Very good. Well, Lordy, thanks so much, and I hope our paths cross again soon. Yes, yes. Thanks again for having me. Thanks, Lordy. Take care. Okay. Yeah, God you bless. Too. That's, that's uh, Lordy Ramirez. Uh, used to used to work here at the Diocese of Sacramento, and just a, a great person. And they're they're really lucky to have her there at the Sacramento Life Center. We'll take a quick break. Back with more on the Bishop's Hour right after this. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, 
individual spiritual direction and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrus Heights. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. This is Yasmin Castellanos from the Catholic School Department, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thanks for that wonderful introduction, Yasmin, and uh, appreciate all the great work you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento as well. Uh, this is a, uh, a letter from Bishop uh, Soto uh, responding to the Diocese of Sacramento Synod Synthesis Report, and you can read the, the whole report at scd.org backslash synod backslash report. Uh, the bishop writes, Dear friends in Christ, last October, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, asked bishops around the world to conduct listening sessions in preparation for the next synod of bishops in 2023. As I shared in a previous message, the root meaning of the word synod connotes journeying together. A synod is a time for consulting, listening, and learning. The Holy Father has asked us to be more intentional about how we listen and learn from one another. Over the course of five months, many parishes in the Diocese of Sacramento answered the Holy Father's call, holding more than 250 listening sessions and reaching more than 2,000 people in the process. These people included those who go to daily Mass, people who identified as Catholic but are non-practicing, participants from other Christian denominations, non-Christians, and non-believers. Truly, this was a grace-filled time to listen to a wide range of experiences. These sessions were not just an exercise in listening, nor was this process a new one for the Church. The process reawakened a tradition and the Holy Father's repeated desire that shepherds smell like their sheep. This meant that pastors make every effort to be close to the people that we serve, that we all may journey together, clergy and laity together. There were many surprises and challenges that arose from this synodal, synodal uh, experience. I heard examples of great joy with the church, as well as examples of great pain. The fullness of these experiences shows that we have many opportunities to bear fruit in this part of the Lord's Vineyard of Northern California. At the same time, I acknowledge that we are not going to resolve every single issue raised through this process. With such varying perspectives and experiences, we will not be able to walk with each other by only going this way or that way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We must follow him and him alone. Let us not give in to polarized notions of church that will only prevent us from journeying together as brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus. These are the words of Bishop Soto. The synodal, proce synodal process is not intended as a version of democracy. St. Paul reminded the Colossians, Colossians that Christ is the head of the body, the church, through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of the cross. Colossians 1, 18-20. All the work of the synod is intended to see Christ, hear him, and heed the voice of the good shepherd. The turmoil of the pandemic, pan pandemic has revealed our hunger for both communion and fellowship. In fact, the main themes that emerged from the listening sessions included a deep love for the sacraments, especially the Eucharist. Along with this were many expressed desires for community building, spiritual growth, discipleship, and hospitality. This yearning for the sacramental life of the church and all that it contains is providential. The Catholic bishops of the United States are embarking on a three-year initiative of Eucharistic revival in our country. 
The emerging themes heard in the listening sessions will stimulate the work of this initiative. In the coming months, I will encourage further listening sessions with clergy and laity as we seek to become what we receive in the diocese, honored by the name Santissimo Sacramento, the most blessed sacrament. The bishop goes on to say, It is my hope that these respectful and prayerful consultations among clergy and laity will become more habitual across our parishes, schools, and charitable organizations. Parish pastoral councils especially will have a critical role in fostering these opportunities to listen and learn. Guided by the Holy Spirit and accompanied by the maternal intercession of Blessed Mary, Mother of the Church, may our efforts to journey together bring us closer to the Lord Jesus. May our hunger for communion and charity bring us as well as many others to the Lord's Eucharistic table, where together we will taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Respectfully, Jaime Soto, Bishop of Sacramento. So, and again, you can read read all about uh, the the Synod, the Diocese of Sacramento Synod synthesis synthesis report at scd.org backslash synod backslash report. Wow, Synod and synthesis report. That's a tongue twister for sure. Uh, so much happening uh, here in in the uh, diocese, of course, as we were just talking with Lourdes Ramirez, uh, Mass of Thanksgiving. 6 p.m., uh, Thursday, September 17, at St. Clair's Parish, uh, 1950 Junction Boulevard in Roseville. Also, First Things, so you're invited to be part of the formation program. First Things is a seven-session online formation program for those who are looking to renew, refresh, or reevaluate their youth ministry or young adult ministry efforts especially anyone new to ministry with youth or young adults, whether volunteer or paid. This training provides direction for those taking on leadership roles. Think of it as basic training in comprehensive ministry. Sessions begin October of 2022, next month. Uh, to learn more about First Things, you can contact Anthony Ta, that's uh, A-T-A at scd.org, or Alex Barraza, A-B-A-R-R-A-Z-A at SCD. Dot org, uh, Anthony is and Alex both great great in this field, or go to scd.org backslash first things. Gabe, hey, yes, so a lot happening in the diocese. It really is in the month of September and on into the fall. It really is. It's good because it, it makes my job a little easier to book guests because when there's stuff going on. People want to come on and talk about it. Yeah, it's a result of people working awfully hard over the summer to get all these uh, events mm-hmm. going uh, uh, on fire uh, at Six Flags. Discovery Kingdom in Vallejo is on Saturday the 17th, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, Looks like the weather will work out for them. I think so. It's not going to be 140. No. <laughs> I know we broke the... Uh, it was last week or so we broke the, the all-time, uh, record. all-time record in Sacramento. All-time. 116 degrees. Yeah. A 97-year-old record. I just think about the, I think you mentioned this last week, but it was like, what did they do in the Wild West? Yeah, I, I, I did mention that. Yeah. You know, like, like I, I can't I can't imagine. You know, I think the, the all-time uh, high temperature on Earth now, because they took it away from... Uh, uh, another country they decided that it was very close between that i I forget where it was uh i think it was maybe libya uh and death valley Mm -hmm. very close for the hottest temperature but they they went back because they were both years ago and and went to reporting stations near those Mm -hmm. and in the case i believe was let's say i believe it was libya they couldn't find any that were anywhere near that and, and figured it was maybe maybe equipment, mm-hmm. you know, um, aberration. Sometimes you, if you have a thermometer on your car, you'll you get in, you know, 122, what are they talking about? Yeah. You know? And Death Valley was much more, um, uh, surrounding stations were near that, you know. that. So what was, Do you remember what the degree was? 134.1. Oh. And, and I believe the year was 1913. So think about it. There was somebody there. We didn't have, uh, you know, you can... Put it out in the field and electronically transmit it to you in your right. air conditioned wherever. Um, there had to be somebody there actually going out, reading that thermometer, recording it, 
And that was way before they had air conditioning. And Death Valley, wow. as you know, as I know, is in the middle of nowhere. Right. And it's just imagine what what did shade <laughs> shade might do you some good. You know, you'd rather be in the shade than the sun. But 134 is just wild. I wonder if the person who registered that was like the person who did the first marathon. They did it, Probably. then they tapped, and they passed well, away. They yeah. used to have a, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, they're, they're lucky that the, the di- distance from Marathon to Athens was only 26.2 miles. Yeah. There wasn't 86.2 miles. Right. Well, I mean, you know the thing about marathon, it's the first 26 is easy. It's the point two that gets it's you. The point two that yeah, gets you. Yeah, that's really the hard part. For years, they had a run from, I believe it was Furnace Creek in Death Valley, I'm already out. To the but top go ahead. of Mount Whitney, or <laughs> oh vice, gosh. or vice versa. I can't remember which way, but I think it. I was, would hope it'd be that way, because uh, even though there's a steep th- incline, you're at least get, getting a little cooler. A little bit cooler. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How far is that? You think? Uh, it's probably around. I, I'm not positive. I mean, they're in the same general area, but and, and I believe it was in July as well. That's just. That's why. Yeah. I mean, it's funny when people talk about places they visited, and it's just so funny how we'll say it flippantly because it's just the name of it. We go, oh, yeah, we're going to go on vacation. We're going to go through Death Valley. It's like, when in any other time in the world or history would you say, we're going to go through a town called Death, and we're just going to we're gonna go visit? It's, it's, it's amazing. I was there one summer with my wife and 121 degrees. And, and there's no real trees out there. No, they don't have trees. They don't even have cactus, do they? They don't have crack. No, no yeah. cactus. There's nothing. No, it's just, uh, it's, 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 it's just, and and parts of it are below sea level, <laughs> and yet you're, you're relatively close to Mount Whitney, which is the highest point in the lower 48. Yeah, and over 14,000, and we went up to Mount Whitney, and you have to register, and it, generally people do it uh, on an overnight. Okay. Uh, they, they camp halfway up the mountain or something because it's that far. Like Everest. Yeah, so we hiked up to about eight or 9,000 feet and then hiked back to the car, and yeah, we climbed Mount Everest. How how high was it? I mean, how, I mean, how long did it take you? Oh, we we, uh, we went about an hour up the path and about an hour back really? down. Because, well, it, at, uh, I think the parking lot might have been at 7 or something. Oh, okay, like okay. So you had a little head start. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I thought you went 9,000 feet. Yeah, from the beginning, I was like, yeah. "Wow, that's a that's a long that's, time." That's, that is a long time, but it's it's you know, uh, if 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 you didn't believe in God, come to California. Uh, this has got to be the most diverse state in terms of the 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 thing I always talk about is are the redwoods. It's mm-hmm. sort of a a cathedral in the forest. Yeah, the California redwoods, or the, or the, the the coastal redwoods, or the ones up uh, in Sequoia National Park. The fact that you have to delineate between which redwoods we're talking about. Well, know, shows right they're, there. they're very they're very different. The ones up in uh, in uh, Sequoia National Park are, are high elevation, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's very unusual. I can't imagine the first people who saw just the girth of those trees. Yeah, we went two years ago. It was amazing. It's just, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, it's, you know? it's and unreal. Then, and then you look at the Death Valley, you look at the, 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 the hundreds and hundreds of miles of coast, beautiful coastline. Uh, then you look at Mount Shasta and Mount Lassen and uh, Mount Whitney and, and all, of, all, all of that. And, and the ones like, I, I, every every time we drive by Mount Shasta, because it stands alone, mm-hmm. it's just it's all by itself. It is part of the Cascades, but it's not a range like 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 the Sierra is, yeah. the Coast Range. It just is by itself. And I say to my kids, I say, you know, if that was the only mountain in the world, <laughs> there would be a billion people. Here. Oh yeah, there would oh yeah, be a billion people here. Oh yeah, because it is so spectacular. Yeah. And I've, I've, I've talked to Father Memo at the uh, the vocations office and said you should take a picture of Mount Shasta and put it on a billboard and say give me men to match my mountains. Yeah, Diocese of Sacramento, <laughs> Office of Vocations. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah, uh, it's quite quite the sight. Oh yeah, we I mean, we've got what two two thirds of Lake Tahoe in California, and you know you got Clear Lake, which is another yeah. huge people lake. Come, pe- people come from. All over the world, to California, they want to see Disneyland and the Hollywood sign and all that. They want to see Yosemite, which we haven't even mentioned, and they they want to see um, what you just mentioned. 
Oh, um, Lake Tahoe and Lake Clear Tahoe. Lake and all Lake that. Lake Tahoe. They want to see well, Lake Tahoe. And that's the funny thing is so you talk to people who aren't from California and you hear them plan their vacations. Like, oh, I'm going to go to L.A. and go to the beach. Then I'm going to go check out the Redwoods the next day. It's like, nah, you're going to have to do two trips because we, we, we in Northern California will make a trip to Southern California to do all the Southern California right. stuff because it's basically a whole other state for us. I mean, yeah. once you get past Bakersfield, yeah. you're sort of in that no man's land of like, are we Northern California, Southern California? Then yeah. you hit the grapevine and you're like, okay, Southern California well, it's, begins it's, here. It's, it's a divider, but I don't, I don't see how anybody could call Bakersfield Northern California. It's one of those ones. That, yeah, it's one of those ones where like, I, I always think of it as like when people talk about like, should California have a north south like Dakotas, and it's like, okay, well, Bakersfield t- t- tends to be the line where people talk about cutting it off. The thing, the thing I love to do, going up the valley or down the valley or up into the mountains, uh, is to look. And my kids know it too, um, as they get older, and and maybe they're off with a friends over to the coast or something, and. They go through a little town like Bodega or yeah. Tamales or any of those, and they'll take a picture of the Catholic Church and send it to me. Awesome. You know, just the, the some of these white clapboard little, yeah. little churches that seat 60, 70 people, you know, maybe 100 if they're lucky. Uh, they know that I just love to pull into the towns and, and fi- find the Catholic Church and just go in and just go in and say a prayer. And yeah. It's it's. It's 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 amazing, but you know, um, creation is all around us in California. Although uh, one of the most beautiful states, I think, and you see God's handiwork there too, is Utah. Utah has just got some spectacular scenery. I say California wins, though, because of the salt flats. They lose a couple. They lose a couple oh, those, points. Those salt flats are they're special in their own way. I mean. They're, if you take your shoes intri- off yeah. and run on them, you'll think you're on the surface of the moon. Your, your feet sink in about a, about an inch, yeah, and you leave a you leave a dinosaur footprint there. So I I give them points for being unique and and for being um, something nobody else really has. But at the same time, that drive to well, Salt Lake City, long, it's, it's like it's like, it looks like you're driving next to a bunch of melted snow once for a really you, long time. Once you, once you get out of Elko, yeah, yeah, you're like, okay, it's a long way to Salt Lake City. I remember like a couple of times I was I drove through there as an adult, but I felt like a five year old because I kept asking my buddy who was driving, like, are we are we there yet? Like, is this are we still doing this? Because it's a long you, time. You, 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 you go out on that desert and and it's just yeah. There's after Elko, you get wells which mm-hmm. it, but those towns are really fun to drive yeah. around they're, oh they're, yeah they're little tiny towns and then wind over and then on to salt lake but the you see people pulling over on the salt flats and and yeah and going out there and of course that used to be the bonneville salt flats was where they did the land speed records with yeah. cars yeah and now it's more it was like jet Black car Rock Decker, D- desert and okay. uh, north of reno oh, okay become very popular for one thing with my kids would do lately is um, my kids are fascinated, mostly my son who's nine, my, my daughter who's six is, you know, fascinated by anything. Um, so he likes to look at the cameras that they have set up in towns where like the town square has got a 24 hour sort of, you know, um, camera going that you can, you can look at on the internet. And then we'll do with like the Monterey Bay Aquarium. They have them for like the otters and things like that. And like, there's a lot of places like in Bali, there's a beach one and uh, Venice beach in LA has one like that. But like, we look at these like Jackson hole, Mississippi has one. And it's just so funny because it's such like a little town yeah. and it's like this cool little town. And there's some really, really interesting ones around that you get, you could see the Jackson hole, Wyoming or I mean, Wyoming. Sorry. I don't know why I said Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi and Jackson, Wyoming. There is sorry. Jackson, I know I got them mixed up there for second yes wyoming and you can just see it and it's it's interesting because it's like i I wish they would do more of that for sort of like like the sequoias like something like that where like maybe you can't get there but you know you want to learn about them or you want to you know check them out or whatever yeah boulder city and out near near uh the dam out there Uh in, in las vegas yeah yeah uh, not uh, not Las Vegas. uh yeah Las Vegas yeah, area. yeah yeah it's uh the hoover dam we, they used to call it Hoover Dam. What do they call it now? Is it still the Hoover Dam? Uh, maybe it's Hoover Dam. Yeah, we used to, it was it was Boulder Dam for a while. Oh, okay, and then it was okay. Hoover Dam. I think uh. it's still Hoover Dam, and they have a, a, a mountain goat camp. Really? And they've got just this public park 
has these mountain goats. They've decided this is their park. They they munch, they sleep, and they're right there in the public. Kids are swinging on the swings, and, and they've, they've installed the mountain goat camp. And they're not mean goats? No, no, they're not mean oh, goats. Oh, I, I lived with uh, on an easement in, in Lock Quarters many, many years ago, this woman's house in Citrus Heights, and she had two goats. And you go out there, and they run up to you, and they let you pet them and stuff. And the moment you turn your back on this goat, it would rear up like yep, it was going to yep. hit you. Yep. And it's like, what I thought, I just fed you. We just, I just pet you. Like, I don't get it. Like, they seem so mean. <laughs> and I work with animals, and <laughs> I've never once heard anybody go, "Oh, you're gonna love my goat. He's the sweetest animal." <laughs> See, that's the th- that's the thing, though, about about create. And I know, I mean, I'm not I'm not disputing evolution, but 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 you know, you've got a creator behind it all. That you wonder what what was the mind of God. Like all these 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 heat vents at the bottom of the ocean, yeah, yeah, where they discover species they had no idea, and, yeah. you, and you wouldn't even believe that they existed. What? Those are little like iridescent clear uh, krill yeah. or whatever that yeah. live right there. Yeah, like yeah. They, they go how, how and why and right. what you know. Right. We feel. I think we, as humans, we're so self-centered. It's like we're like well. What's the point? If, if we can't see those things, what was the point? You know? Right, right. We'll find them eventually. We'll find out eventually. I know. I always talk, I think about that like with when like God made like, you know, cows or goats or whatever. It's like, all right, fine. I'll make another one that makes milk. It's yeah, like, you know, yeah. okay. <laughs> this one will be smaller and a little meaner. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you just, you know, I mean, then, you know, every day you read about some endangered species in some country and it's like an animal you've never even heard of. Yeah. I mean, they're still discovering species. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because all those species, you don't realize it, but they're such a delicate part of the ecosystem that, you know, if they were to go away, yes, eventually something would fill that vacuum. But there's, there, I mean, there's, um, you know, animals that have gone extinct on North American continent that were like cats that were as fast as cheetahs in Africa. And that's why there's, um, I think it's a white-tailed deer. In, in America is so fast because they used to have to run from that predator, right. but now that predator is no longer here. So now we have this really weird deer that's super fast for no reason yeah. whatsoever. Well, you look at like uh, eucalyptus trees. God put them in Australia. And they've just taken over coastal areas in California. And my front yard. And your front yard. Yes. But they have such a wonderful smell. They do. But when yeah. their branches fall in your car, which well, one did true. two days ago in my house, luckily my car, the mighty CRV could handle it. But uh, it, it, it all of a sudden there's this boom and it came out and a big giant branch had fallen. It, it, it's, it's strange in the summer on a still day. And they and it's a phenomenon where our neighbor just had huge branch come down off a pecan tree they say for some reason in the summer they get the, the branches suck up a lot of water yeah on a hot day and they get too heavy huh. and boom yeah because that thing is i mean it's it got to the point where it was so tall that i actually called him was like is this thing like okay and they're like yeah it's fine so okay and but it's it's withstood all the windstorms we had the last couple of years all that different stuff. And it's funny as my wife was like, we were both talking about the tree in the wind. And she's like, yeah, I don't know I mean, how it looks. It looks bending a lot. I'm like, yeah, I know. And then I realized she's talking about the palm tree. I was like, those things live in Florida. They, they're fine. They, they deal with hurricanes. The eucalyptus tree I'm worried about. But it survives. Yeah, the palm trees, especially the tall, skinny ones. Yeah. I don't know what species that is or what. You yeah. Know, they're all these different. Kinds. Oh, this one's like 30, 40 these, feet. These things look like. Like a pencil, yeah. almost. And yeah, just a little little hair on top. With a giant, with well, something that's super heavy on top. You exactly. think it's going to fall and, over? And, and I guess the wind just blows right through it, you know. And but it's just amazing. Yeah, those things, and you'll see them in the valley where they're not native at all. Right. And and they're tall and thin. Yeah, there's a lot in the valley. Yeah, and and the the other thing, I've off, I've always wondered, you know, like, what is you know the old what is God thinking? Right. They have what they call sky islands in Arizona, where it's all desert, and yet some of these oh hills, yeah yeah you know, yeah those like peaks um, yeah like Mount Mount Lemmon is around eleven thousand feet just right outside of Tucson. It's all desert, all Saguaro, and then you start going up to the top of Mount Lemmon, kind of a circular, you know, a lot of just just like corkscrew driving mm-hmm. up it, and all of a sudden the terrain changes, it starts being oak trees hmm. 
and then it starts being pine trees, and then the fir trees as you get higher. Hmm. And you get up to the top, and you look out, and you see all this desert, and yet at the top of Mount Lemmon or near there's a little little town up near the top and a ski resort, the garbage cans are are chained to the trees because there's bears. <laughs> and you're going, well, wait a minute. I understand that that's, a, that's bear territory. It looks like bear territory. It looks like the Sierra Nevada. Right. How did the bears get there? Yeah. Y- you know, or uh, we, we, my family and I, we were on the, the, the Southern Cal, the Mojave, uh-huh. you know, and the Joshua trees and all that. And we got to, to one area where it's just, it's just complete desert. It is, everything's dry. Nothing's growing at all. And then you come upon a little spring, you know, of water. And immediately, cattails are growing there. <laughs> it was like, that is cattail yeah. habitat. But how did the seeds... Right. <laughs> I think every seed known to man is in in the ground everywhere. And it's just waiting for the right, right. environment. Yeah, right. the right oh, conditions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. snowed, okay, we're going to have a fur tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still doesn't explain the bears, but yeah. <laughs> I don't understand the bears either. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to check yeah. that out. We call them sky islands. Sky islands. Because they're, they're, they're high points in in the desert. Sounds like topographical seven-layer dip. And you've got like yeah. different trees yeah, at different yeah. levels, you know? Yeah. It's, well, then you, you can see that even in the Grand Canyon, which... There's there's another one. If uh, if you didn't believe in God before, I think you'd believe in God after you were uh, after you were saw the uh, the Grand Canyon. Well, again, as so much uh, so much happening in the uh, in the Diocese of Sacramento as as we move on, be sure and circle that date, uh, November the fifth, for the uh, uh, the uh, Sacramento Life Center's annual dinner. It's their big fundraiser. And uh, it's really, really important to them. And if, if you know, if you have, uh, maybe you have a, a, a an auction prize you can put in, put together, or a, a raffle prize you can put together, or just something that could go into a raffle basket. Maybe you've got tickets to a Giants game. Maybe that's not a raffle prize by itself, but it, they put it into a a, a, a basket with with other things. Uh, uh, give them a give them a call at uh, SAC or uh, uh, an email at SACLife.com. Uh, that's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening. God bless everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose. And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, They continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley and Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley and Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. 4600 and we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, 
fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. To the cross I look And to the cross I cling Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing On it must save 